Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to The Daily Break. I'm Andrew Tallman. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. Oh, the price of gas. We've all seen the snarky posts online. Hey, I just filled up my whole tank for $20. Time to go mow the lawn. When all else fails, try sarcasm. We've all noticed the comparison. A gallon of gas, a gallon of milk, a gallon of gas, a gallon of milk. Kind of keeping neck and neck in the race for who can be more outrageous. Well, how about this for a comparison? Gas that costs more than the minimum wage. Comedian Chrisley West showed an image on Twitter on Sunday showing the price of a regular gallon of gasoline at a West Hollywood mobile station near L.A., $7.29 a gallon. The federal minimum wage, $7.25 an hour. The comment, first of all, absolutely not. Of course, I think we all know that what we've said we would never pay for a gallon of gas has come out to be a little bit premature in terms of our personal limitations. Now, it is true the average for a gallon of gas across the country has gone up significantly and is nowhere close to this price yet. Even the average in California is 606, which is still outrageous, but is not 725 or 729 a gallon. And some users claim that that particular gas station is always outrageously priced above most of the others. So it's certainly an outlier, but it's an outlier for how long? You know, I always said that the price of a gallon of gas wouldn't affect anybody's behavior until it got to $4 a gallon. Well, that has come and gone, and I don't see people changing a lot of their behavior. My theory was that, you know, at 3 bucks people complain, but at 4 bucks people change. I don't know what will make people change now. 5 6 Will anything make a difference? And I don't want to scare you, but I did read a report somewhere about stations who were recalibrating their display signs to accommodate over $10 a gallon gas prices. For goodness sakes, let's hope not. And it's funny, too, because I think we all pay attention to that gallon of gas price and try to shop for the best one and kind of get excited about, woohoo, I got it 10 cents cheaper, which on a fill-up is what, you know, a buck fifty? Do we really care about a buck fifty that much? I don't know why it's so satisfying to feel like you got three pennies better than the guy down the road. But it is. It's human nature. I guess it's like a game that we can kind of understand and feel like we're winning or losing at any given moment. And I guess the reason a gallon of milk doesn't serve as such a good benchmark is because most people aren't buying like 16 gallons of milk at a time. Although I do have three boys and I come close once in a while. So if you want to understand some of the cutting edge experimental approaches to treating cancer, you have to understand rock, scissors, paper. You know the game, right? Somebody puts out a rock, you put out a paper, paper beats rock. Somebody puts out a paper and somebody else puts out a scissor, scissor shreds paper, and of course rock pounds out the scissor. We all, we all know the game, okay? How does that relate to cancer? Well, here's the thing. Your body has a pretty good immune system, but your body doesn't do a particularly good job of dealing with cancer. Cancer invades your cells and turns them into little factories that make more cancer, which is a problem. But the funny thing about cancer cells is they themselves might not be all that good at defending against viral infections. And of course, your body typically does fairly well against viral infections. You put all that together and you get what's called oncolytic virus therapy, which is the deliberate introduction of a natural virus that's been genetically modified into cancer areas where the virus invades the cancer cell, kills the cancer cell, replicates itself, and then your body takes care of the virus. Or, an even more cutting-edge approach, the virus actually produces something that stimulates the body's natural immune system that then fights off the virus and even the cancer if there's any more of it anywhere else. 
Enter CF33HNIS, or more colloquially known as Vaccinia. Not the most clever name, but I don't care. If it works to cure cancer, I'm good. They're just entering their phase one clinical trial, which is going to take a bunch of this stuff and put it into people who have solid tumors and have had at least two other prior kinds of treatment, basically just to find out if it's safe for people. They've been trying it on animals, so they're moving on to human trials. Once they determine that it's basically safe for people, then they can actually recruit 100 cancer patients or so and try it and see if it actually solves for the cancer. Vaccinia is based on a pox virus that spreads from cancer cell to cancer cell, replicating itself inside of them. Eventually, cancer cells burst, releasing thousands of new virus copies. This stimulates the immune system to respond and target the cancer as well. And obviously, it works well enough that they're going to try it on people. Now, one thing I do recall is in middle school, I had a science teacher and I said to her, maybe we could try using a virus to beat cancer? And she laughed at me. So I became a philosopher. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And finally, from the Don't Bring Claws to a Gunfight file, Taylor County, Wisconsin, a man and a woman are getting ready to go to bed when they notice a bear outside eating from the bird feeder. Not wanting the bear to destroy the bird feeder or anything else, they opened the window and yelled at it to go away. Unfortunately for them, this bear doesn't respond well to threats, and it charged right through the window, breaking in and getting into the home. Without panicking, the wife calmly grabbed a kitchen knife and started stabbing the bear while the husband ran to get a gun, which he brought back to the fight, shooting the bear successfully and killing it inside the home. Although both the husband and the wife sustained numerous injuries in the attack, they have been released following treatment. The children, apparently, who were in the house at the time, slept right through the attack, but of course they were not harmed, thank goodness, because mom and dad fought off the bear. In my house with three teenage boys, we could be having an hour-long gun battle with a bear, and they would not wake up. Wisconsin Division of Natural Resources says, yeah, the bear range is expanding. We used to have about 9,030 years ago. Now we've got 24,000 bears across the state. A carnivore specialist with the department, David McFarland, says, if you ever come across a bear, here's some things to do. Don't approach it. Well, in this case, that was kind of taken out of their hands. If you surprise a bear, back away slowly. Ensure the bear has an escape route. He had the whole yard. Make yourself appear larger than you actually are by holding a jacket or holding your arms above your head. They were looking out a window from a house. You can't get much larger than that. And finally, make sure the bear knows you're there by making noise and waving your arms. Bears typically leave an area when they see a human is around. They open a window and yell and the bear charged them. It feels to me like they did everything right in this case. And although clearly the husband with the gun was the one who decisively won the encounter, I think you've got to give props to the woman fighting off a bear with a kitchen knife. Do not tangle with her under any circumstances. That's it for the Daily Break. Be sure to head over to Newsweek.com for these stories and more, including our growing podcast lineup, and consider subscribing to the digital and print editions of Newsweek if you haven't already. Please hit the five-star review. I appreciate it. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to the Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek. Newsweek.